You're listening to audio from St. Luke Church in Lexington, Kentucky. If you'd like to learn more or donate to this ministry, please check out our website at stlukelex.com. Let's have everybody stand up a minute, could we? We'll do some church jumping jacks. You ready? (laughs) Give your neighbor a fist bump. Everybody go like this. Now go like this. CA, I've always wanted to do that. All right, now everybody's awake. Please have a seat. We're glad that you are here. We're so sorry about the heat. Give generously. We'll fix it. Oh, my goodness. Here we go. Hear this reading from Scripture. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me. And I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Well, I met George years ago. He showed up in my driveway. There's something about these driveways. And he said, Preacher, I hear you're a good listener. And I said, well, George, tell me a story. And so he started to unfold the story of his life. He was abused by his daddy as a little boy. And that had a serious impact on him. He was filled with anger and rage and didn't know what to do with all of it. So he, in turn, became an abusive sort of person. And that behavior manifested in its life to the point that it imprisoned him, quite literally. After he got out, he tried to enter the world, and it proved to be a difficult experience. And he said, I'm so unforgivable. I'll never forget it. And I said, George, what do you want me to do for you today? How is it that I can help you? And he said, help me not feel this way anymore. You know, people have asked me from time to time, how many people have come to Christ under your ministry? 
And the truth is, I don't ever count, never have, never will. I don't save anybody. I just try to point them to somebody who can't. But if I were to count, it would be people like George. How could I have helped? What could I have said differently or done differently? How might I have helped him? It broke my heart. And I saw George once or twice, and then a few months later, he showed up in my driveway again, and he said, Preacher, I'm moving on to another town. I hope someday I'll know the forgiveness that you talk about. The kind where Jesus not only saves, but he forgives, and he redeems, and he transforms. And that was it. And so I wonder, did George find hope? Did he find redemption? We started last week with a question. What if in the next 21 days you could come to grips with what was and is to embark on the journey of what will be? And I believe today, even in the midst of this rather frigid sanctuary, that the heart surgeon Jesus wants to do some great work in your life by helping reveal the lies that leave you stuck in guilt and shame just like George dealt with and to let go and experience the abundance that he has in store for you. We said last week that we need a great heart surgeon, and yet I wonder in what ways might you be struggling with statements like these. I know better. Why did I do that thing, say that thing, experience that thing umpteen years ago? Or even something like George, I'll never be forgiven for. I wonder whose voice is living rent-free in your head, like it was in George's. And it keeps speaking this to you over and over again about how you're unlovable, unworthy, unforgivable, unredeemed, whatever it might be. Let me help you. Let me help you with why you struggle with the baggage. Let me help you with why you can't let go of guilt and shame this morning. It's that you can't forgive yourself. And you say, well, sure, I can't forgive myself. No, you don't understand. You really can't forgive yourself. That's the 21st century lie, as we tell people, you need to forgive yourself. You can't forgive yourself. You don't have the authority to forgive yourself. You need somebody who has the authority to do that. It's the reason why prisoners don't walk out of prison, why people don't cancel their own debts, and why children never leave their rooms when they're grounded. You can try, but it never works out so well, does it? You can't forgive yourself. You need somebody with authority who can forgive you. And let me explain what I mean by that. We said last week that that cross has two pieces to it, a vertical dimension, a forgiveness which comes from above, someone who has authority to forgive you, to release you, to pardon you from your sins. And when you get the vertical dimension of forgiveness right, well, now you're able to hang the horizontal dimension of forgiveness that is forgiving yourself and forgiving your neighbor. But until you're forgiven by God, well, you can't let go of the guilt and the shame. It doesn't happen. And you talk about it, and you think about it, and you say it to yourself, but you wonder why you don't feel released. Well, you need somebody to lead you out. Say it with me, lead me out. You need somebody to lead you out, to lead you out of guilt and shame. And what Jesus wants to do is not only forgive you, but then lead you out of the guilt and shame that you feel. 
and into the new life that He has for you. So no longer do you begin to say things like this, I know better, why did I? I'll never be forgiven for. And you're struggling with something that you did 25, 50, 75 years ago that you know you can't let go of because you've tried hundreds upon hundreds, if not thousands of times. You need someone with authority not only to forgive you, but to lead you out. And that's where Jesus comes in. You can't let go of the guilt and shame in your life for one major reason. You can't forgive yourself. And I suppose we could add to that, you're listening to the wrong voices in your life. And that was George's issue. Somewhere along the way, somebody told George, you will never be forgiven. And that voice was living rent-free in his head for years. So today, God wants you, I believe, to have a powerful experience of letting go the guilt and the shame of receiving more of his forgiveness and of being let out and into new life. Are you ready? I want to make a connection for you this morning in this scripture. The setting of it is absolutely crucial to understanding its meaning. And scholars have thought about where John chapter 10 lies. Some people say it happens around the Feast of Dedication, which is Hanukkah. Other people say that it happens around the Feast of Tabernacles. And I think Tabernacles is the right one. And let me tell you why that's important it's in terms of its meaning for us today. The context of this thing is everything. And if you know anything about the Feast of Tabernacles, you know that it follows the Day of Atonement. On the Day of Atonement, there were two goats. And that's where Susan's uh, teaching is so relevant for this morning. One of the goats uh, would be sacrificed as a sacrifice for sin. The other goat had the sins of the people professed on its head, a scarlet cord tied around its horns, and then the, the goat would be led out, are we tracking? Led out away from the people as far as the east is from the west into the wilderness so the people could see a symbolic representation of God's forgiveness and letting go of the guilt and the shame for the things that they had done. And what followed that four days later was the Feast of Booths, which was an eight-day party. Who does not want a free eight-day vacation that isn't charged against your accrual bank? Let's go! And so for eight days, the people remembered the ways in which God had led them out. They led them out of sin and bondage from Egypt. He led them out uh, into the wilderness. He provided for them every single step of the way. That's why they lived in these little booths or huts that were made of plants. They remembered God's provision for the harvest. And so over and over again, they're reminded every year of how God had led them out. And Jesus goes to the festivals. In fact, all of John's gospel is structured around Jesus going to these festivals. On one of the days of the festivals, he said to people, here's the thing, if anybody is thirsty, let him come to me and drink, and living water will burst forth from him. Not long thereafter, he forgives a woman who's caught in adultery from her sin and says, he who's without sin, let them be the first to cast a stone. And then he heals a blind man who's been born blind from birth, which the assumption is God was getting vengeance down to maybe the third or fourth generation for what somebody did and the guilt and the shame that hung over that man's head. Well, Jesus led him out of all of it by forgiving him of his sin, and the Pharisees, they're angry. Those guys are always angry. 
Who's this guy to heal? Who's this guy to forgive? Who does this Jesus think that he is letting adulterers off and healing blind people on the Sabbath? Because we can't have that. We can't have that. And look at what Jesus says to the Pharisees. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and does what? He leads them out. He leads them out. Just like the Lord led Israel out of Egypt. Just like Jesus led a woman caught in adultery out of the clutches of those who wanted to stone her. Just like Jesus led a blind man out of his blindness. Jesus wants to lead people out. That's what he does. And so they've celebrated the leading out of this goat, the removal of guilt and shame from them. They've celebrated God's provision of leading them out, and yet the Pharisees are as blind as possibly can be when it comes to guilt and shame. They miss it. They even miss the connection that Jesus has tried to make to the book of Numbers where Moses was looking for another shepherd to come after him who would lead them out and bring them in so that the congregation of the Lord would not be a sheep who didn't have a shepherd. See, there's a shepherd, friends, who wants to lead you out of all the luggage and the bondage and the brokenness and the baggage in your life of the guilt and the shame that you cling to. You might know his forgiveness, but the question I want to ask you this morning is this. Do you know his freedom? You might know that you're forgiven. You might know that you're saved. But are you hanging on to the guilt and the shame? Are you still dealing with the effects of sin or the outcomes of sin? And so notice what Jesus says. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep, they didn't listen to him. I'm the door. If anyone enters by me, he'll be saved and go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and life abundantly. The shepherd protects the sheep, yes? The thieves and robbers, they only come to steal, kill, and destroy. And if you want to get the idea of what a sheep pen looked like in those days... Find yourself a good stacked stone uh, fence down Harrodsburg Road, and that's what you've got. An enclosure for the sheep and a gate that was there. There was no door to it. The shepherd was quite literally the door. He let the sheep in and out. And when night came, he was a side sleeper. Any of you all side sleepers? Could be a great shepherd. So he would lay in front of the door so no thieves and robbers or wolves could come in. He protected the sheep because that's what the shepherd does. And he would lead them out to provide pasture. And you say, that doesn't really sound exciting. I don't know about you. I would love a green pasture today and about 70 degrees and 18 holes on it. Sounds pretty good. (laughs) It sounds a whole lot better than the frozen tundra that is Kentucky right now. And that's what God desires to do to lead us out of the guilt and the shame and towards the abundance and the new life that he has, the abundant life that he has for each one of us. That's God's desires. But the Pharisees, what did they want? Well, they're the thieves and the robbers. See, we tend to make this passage only about the thief 
who whispers in our ears the, the devil. But the point can't be missed that the real thieves and robbers, well, they're the Pharisees because they keep people from being led out of their guilt and shame. And I wonder for you this morning in your life, who are your thieves and robbers? Whose voice is living rent-free in your head? That person that told you you were unworthy, unforgivable, Whose voice is it that you hear when you think, why did I do that? Why did I say that? Why did I think that? Why did I act that way? Why did that thing happen? If I could just get a hold of a DeLorean time machine and go back, I'd fix it. I'd make it right this time. If I could just do it over, maybe I wouldn't be stuck in this guilt or this shame or whatever it is that you're dealing with. Who are the thieves and the robbers in your life? Because here's what they do. They steal your forgiveness, they kill your heart, and they destroy your life. And you're holding on to them. There's a shepherd, and that shepherd, he wants to forgive you, and he wants to lead you out of guilt and shame. And that's why there's two voices that are fighting for control in your life every day. The voices of thieves that steal and kill and destroy, and the voice of a shepherd who knows you, who desires to lead you out, to save you, to lead you to pasture, and to lead you into abundant life. And here's the truth, friends. Whichever voice you listen to more, that's where you end up. Stuck in guilt and shame, or living into the abundant life that God has in store for you. Whichever voice you choose to listen to more, that's where you're going to live your life. I guarantee you. Why can't you let go of the guilt and the shame? Because you listen to the voice of thieves and robbers. And some of you are saying, I don't even know a thief or robber. That's awesome. You're living into abundant life, and that's what God desires for you. It's your choice who you want to listen to. And the truth is this. You can't forgive yourself. Prisoners don't walk out of prison. Those in debt, they don't walk out of their loans. The kids, they don't leave their room when they're grounded. You need somebody to lead you out. I know that you, many of you know a God who forgives. I wonder how many of you know a God who wants to free you. And the good news is this. That Jesus paid your ransom, he satisfied your debt, he invited you into light, he showed you his love, and it's time for you to be let out. It's time to let go. Great, Brian, well, well how do I do it? Well, you've got to trade your identity. It's not the identity uh, given to you by thieves and robbers, it's the identity of the shepherd who knows you, who loves you. And who longs to lead you out. And so, the first thing you might do is reflect. What's the guilt and the shame that you're struggling with? What did you do? When was it? Have you sought forgiveness? I'm just talking about on the God level now. Have you really asked God to forgive you of that thing? I think what we tend to do is say, hey God, forgive me of all my sins. And that just kind of blanket covers it. And it does. 
But what about going deeper? God, I did this thing. And I need your forgiveness for it. God, this thing that happened, this thing that I did is hanging over me and I feel guilty, I feel shameful about what it is that I did. Forgive me and heal me. Forgive me for hurting you. Forgive me for hurting somebody else. Heal that other person. And then here's what happens. Thieves and robbers, they break in, don't they? And have you noticed that in your life you'll let go of the guilt and the shame for a while and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, boom. Something sneaks in the side door and starts to whisper in your ear. Anybody ever heard that kind of stuff? Nobody wants to say yes right now because you're scared you're going to be on parade. <laughs> Let me help you. I have. I don't know of anybody who hasn't. That's the voice of thieves and robbers. They always break in from the side and you'll hear something or somebody will say something and you'll go, oh my goodness, I can't really be forgiven. I need to go back and live in the guilt and the shame that I'm stuck in because it can't be true. I can't be released. I can't make up for it. And so what you got to do is reframe. Is this the voice of a shepherd or the voice of a thief and a robber? Because thieves and robbers, all they want to do is steal your forgiveness and, and kill your heart and destroy your life. But the shepherd, he wants to lead you out into abundant life. He wants to forgive you and heal you and change you. And sometimes we've got to remind ourselves over and over and over again that I'm a new person in Christ. That he's forgiven me. That I'm adopted as his son and daughter. That, that my sins are removed as far as that goat was from the people, the east was from the west. And that I don't follow the leadership of thieves and robbers, I follow the voice of a shepherd who's leading me to abundant life. we got to remind ourselves of that. Hang it on your wall, put it on your bathroom mirror. And when the voice of those thieves and robbers breaks in through the side gates and through the holes in the wall, we've got to remind ourselves, uh-uh. That's who I was. That's not who I'm going to be. Well, there's more to go, and we'll talk about that in the next couple weeks. But if you could do one thing for yourself in the next seven days, it would be this. To reflect and to refrain. And to realize it's going to take you a long time. If I can encourage you, there's a few things in my life I did 25 years ago that the thieves and robbers still break in and try to have their way. But I've got to remind myself, God, this is what you've done in my life. You've forgiven me. You've freed me. And you're leading me every day to abundance and new life. And that brings me back to George. I can still see his face and hear his voice. And the thing I've learned is that for every George... There's also a Jenny. When I first met Jenny, she wasn't ready to receive forgiveness. 
and she was stuck in guilt and shame. It's funny what happens, church, to our kids, isn't it? We try to raise them in a Christian home and give them values for living life, and then they go off to college. Well, they start to make their way in the world. And there's plenty of thieves and robbers, aren't there? Aren't there? Tons of thieves and robbers that would tell them to be something different or to trade in and, hey, the real free life is doing this or saying this or drinking this or smoking this or whatever it is along the way. And so they make choices. And Jenny made some choices along the way. She lived the typical college party kind of life of drugs and alcohol and sex and rock and roll. And it left her feeling guilty and ashamed. In fact, the consequences of her choices led her to terminate a pregnancy early. And it hung over her. And she wondered, would I ever be let out of this? Would I ever be free? And so we started to talk about a great shepherd. A shepherd who leads us out who helps us leave the person that we were and are for the one that God desires us to be. And Jenny found unspeakable freedom, so much so you really couldn't shut her up about it. And it was beautiful and wonderful because she brought other people on the journey with her. And friends, that's what God wants for you. I don't doubt for a moment that many of you in this sanctuary have experienced his forgiveness, but I really deeply wonder how many of you have experienced his freedom. And we believe in a God who doesn't just forgive, as wonderful as that is, we believe in a God who also sets us free. And that's what he wants for you. In the next 21 days, what if... You could come to grips with what was and is to embark on the journey of what will be in your life. That's where we started this teaching series. And the good news is this. Jesus is a heart surgeon. And he's also a shepherd. His greatest desire is not only that you would listen to him, but that you would leave the thieves and the robbers in your life behind. And my prayer for you is this, that you will know you can be set free from guilt and shame. Come to Christ. Come over and over and over again and remind yourself who he's calling you to be. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that you long not only to forgive us, but to set us free. And God, there's plenty of thieves and robbers, voices from people who've hurt us, lies that have told us we're less than, that we're unforgivable, unworthy, incapable of being loved. And God, today we choose to stop listening to the voices of thieves and robbers and begin to listen to you anew, our good shepherd. Remind us of who we are, forgiven, beloved, set free, children of God, 
adopted sons and daughters, free from sin, free for eternal life, forgiven by way of the cross, a new creation in Christ. God, help us begin to live into that identity. Lead us out of guilt and shame and towards the abundance of green pastures and new life. And as we listen and sing over these next few moments, we remember a great saint of the church, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who led so many children out of bondage, of brokenness. God, we pray that you would continue to do the same work in us today, that we would not only be reconciled to you, but to our neighbors. We're grateful. Be at work in our lives, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.